The Yankees have either been misleading or terrible at managing their injuries this season. And honestly, I don't know which one is worse. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and with me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy Monday. Happy Monday, Stace. Hey, uh, we have Miners Monday, of course. Every day has already know that it's Miners Monday. We're going to do that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we're also going to talk about this series win over the Texas Rangers. Big comeback on Sunday. we got to talk about that in a second. Stacey... Some news came out over the weekend about Aaron Judge, right? And that got us – it felt like the icing on the cake here of what has been brewing all season about how the Yankees have handled their injuries. So I wanted to talk about that today. And I wanted to lay out the Aaron Judge timeline of how all this has come about, right? Yeah. So it was revealed on Saturday that Judge, Judge had a torn ligament inside of his toe which we were not privy to before. No one was. Well, no, no one publicly knew uh, <laughs> right. about that. So this is what happened, right? Let's let's go through the timeline of how this all worked out, Stace. I'll just go ahead and read it. We have a day by day. Yep. So he crashed into that wall in New York or in LA on June 3rd. This is what the Yankees said. On June 4th, he wasn't starting that day on it was Sunday. He was day to day. Boone was thinking, I can maybe have him off the bench, possibly. Um, they asked Judge, and he said he didn't know if it was broken, right? Understandable. It was only a couple hours later. Mm-hmm. June 6th, this is three days after the, the incident. Boone said he's going to go on the IL with a contusion and a ligament sprain. He got a PRP shot that day, and they were concerned with his swelling, right? That's what, that was the big talk in the early going of this injury was we need to get that swelling down. Uh, on June 7th, he was placed on the injured list. Boone gave him no timeline and said that he was sore. On June 8th, five days after the injury, Judge said this, and this is where, for me, Stacey, I'm going to get your opinion on it too, things felt different. Okay. And I think this, is, this might be the moment where they knew what was going on. Judge said, quote, there's a couple things going on in there. End mm. quote. And he was asked like, hey, do you have a timeline? And he was saying, no, and I think that's a good thing. Right. At that time, mm-hmm. that's that's when I think this turning point is uh, on June 10th. Boone said that the swelling was starting to improve on June 13. Hal Steinbrenner said, I wish he said he wish he knew when he was going to return. Right. He said it was an uncommon injury and that it was like turf toe. That's mm-hmm. when they started like going, it's turf toe. It's turf toe. They kept saying that on June 15th. This is now 12 days after the injury. He got a second PRP shot. On June 16th, they asked Aaron Boone again. He said, uh, maybe the All-Star break he'll return? I don't know. That's what we're hoping. We really don't have a timeline. So this is now 13 days after this injury, and they still don't have a timeline. Mm-hmm. On the 20th, right? This is just a couple of days ago. Boone said, quote, I feel like there's a little bit of a breakthrough after getting that second shot, right? Hal Steinbrenner was encouraged. Like, okay, things are going in the right direction. Two days later, it was revealed that Aaron Judge was doing – some pool work. He was working on balance. He was doing some strength stuff and they were hoping he was going to be doing some light swinging and some light throwing here in the coming days. Two days later, his ligament is torn. <laughs> so Stacy, now that, I mean, we lived this, but now you're seeing it. 
does that play into your suspicions? Like, how are you feeling about all this? I'm extremely annoyed. I'm sick of their subterfuge. It's ridiculous. It's either subterfuge where they're just being really tricky and they don't want to say things or they don't actually know what's happening. And I really don't know what's worse. It's yeah. just, it's embarrassing at this point because, you know, as we will go on, he's not the first one that this has been a problem with. It's the biggest problem because he's their highest paid player and he's the captain of the team. And, you know, they lost him and they haven't been doing well in his absence. And this is, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> Let's run through some of the other stuff before we kind of give final full thoughts on mm -hmm. how they've handled injuries this season. As a reminder, Anthony Rizzo, May 28th, collision at first base in a game against the San Diego Padres, right? Collision with Tatis, looked like a neck injury. That's what they called it. They expected him to be in the lineup the next day. What happened? He missed three games, four days with the off day on the Thursday, then ended up playing again on June 2nd against the Dodgers the day before Judge got hurt. Right. Luis Severino, remember his rehab stuff, let alone the timeline, but the rehab that happened with him, he was supposed to rehab in a game against uh, with the Tampa Tarpons on May 4th. They changed it on May 3rd to just be a sim game. Sevi, who is no stranger to being upset at how the Yankees have handled injuries, especially over the last two seasons, he said it was unnecessary, right? He's like, why? he was confused on why they changed it. Let alone that he was supposed to come back in April, didn't return until May 21st. Right. And he was not the only one at the beginning of the season. Harrison Bader was supposed to return in late April, uh, somewhere around late April, mid to late April, ended up returning May 2nd. Not terrible. That one's not as bad. Right. Tommy Canely, this one terrible, was supposed to return in April, not late April, in April. Yeah. Didn't come back till June 2nd. Carlos Rodan, Rodan, supposed to be back in April. July 5th is when we're anticipating him. Now, that one's a little different. Obviously, he suffered another injury, which is a little different. But regardless, yeah, the Yankees have done a poor job this season. And I think not that's just pretty this safe. Season, though. It's not just this sure. season. It's just really bad this year. But this is yeah, with, yeah, a, with a lot of stuff, with the way they're talking about it, too. Yeah, this is a pattern with them over the last, I would say, three to four seasons with injuries. And it's just – and even with the Rizzo, you know – he had those few days off, but he probably should have been on the IL because he was terrible for a month after that injury. Terrible. And he probably would have been better off being on the IL. It's just the Yankees have so many guys on the IL, you can't add another one there. So they made him play through what he was obviously struggling through. He's woken up a little bit, but it's either they do too much or too little. And I almost, does it feel like Judge? didn't not that he didn't mean to say what happened but it almost feels like he's frustrated with all of what's happening and he was just like yeah i tore a ligament <laughs> to let yeah. everyone know like <laughs> yeah i mean that so that's what i wanted to know i've seen a lot of people talking online and of course this is not greater fan base or anything here but saying that they did this for money hmm. what they're saying that like well the yankees didn't want to say judge was hurt so you'd keep buying tickets let's get one thing straight there Major League Baseball teams don't make the majority of their money from ticket sales. Right. They make it from TV contracts. It's TV contracts. That's yeah. the money. TV contracts and advertisements. They could yeah. care less if you're at the ballpark, to be frank, from a yeah. business standpoint. That's a very small majority of the money. Mm -hmm. uh, but two, it's the Yankees, man. They just sold out yesterday. And right. we know, and we knew on Saturday that he didn't have it. 
come on. Come yeah. on. Let's be real. The Yankees are going to sell tickets. It doesn't matter. They're the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm curious your thoughts on this, Stacey. When do you think they knew? Because I think in the first couple of days, I think it's understandable. Maybe the x-rays couldn't see it because of the swelling. June like, 8th, when he said there's a couple things going on in there. Yes, that's what I think. <laughs> and I none think of us picked known. up on it. <laughs> yeah, that there's a couple things going on there. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's probably good. There's no timeline. I don't want to put a timeline on it. I think that's when they knew. They probably figured out like June 7th. Yeah. Like I think that so. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they've known for a while. And again, it, it almost feels like he was just frustrated with them not saying what it was. And he, he just came out and was like, look, this is what it is. So this gets to the bigger question, though, Stacey. Why? What, right. What's the benefit of them not saying it? Right. Because like, there's no way. There's, I, I mean, okay, maybe there's a small possibility that it ended up tearing. Maybe it was a strain and then it ended up tearing while he was in the pool or something. Mm-hmm. But man, that's, I mean, we're really going to stretch there yeah that that's what happened you know i really feel like they knew june 7th and when he said what he said on june 8th that's what he was kind of alluding to but no one picked up on it really but again yeah. why what's i don't the know point? what's the I don't... benefit like i said they've been doing this for a few years now where they they just don't handle injuries right they make it seem like they don't know what's going on that's also the frustrating thing when they ask boone questions and he can't answer them that's embarrassing it's embarrassing it to hear him fumbling through these answers. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know when it's going to be. Like, why would you do this to your manager and make him look silly instead of just coming out and saying, this is what happened. We're not sure of the timeline. Here you go. Yeah. That's the weird thing is like that they would do something in that regard. And and again, like you said, kind of make him say those kinds of things or, or maybe, I don't know. Is he in on it? I don't want to get too conspiracy theory with this right. whole conversation, but like, <laughs> there are too many again. conspiracy theories all over the place right now. <laughs> yeah like just i just to what end that that's my big question is to what end like you said like either they're hiding something or they're terrible at it yeah both can be true at the same time right right but man like where are we going with this and we polled locked on yankees viewers over the weekend we asked at this point do you trust what the yankees say in regards to injury updates (laughs) this is shocking stacy is it 80 (laughs) percent 80% of our viewers, and this is almost 450 votes at the time of this recording, 80% said, I do not trust them. 16% said they're 50-50. That leaves 4% of Locked On Yankees viewers, 4% (laughs) trust what the Yankees are saying about their injuries. That's extremely telling. That's not, look, the Yankee fan base is obviously massive, but almost 500 votes is not a small sample. No, and like I said, this isn't the first season that this has happened. It seems to be a pattern with Boone as the manager for some reason. I don't understand why. Um, we never get straight answers on injuries ever. You know, it, it's just it's so frustrating, and again, embarrassing. It's just embarrassing to have them handle this. You're a world class organization. You make the most money out of all the teams in the league. You're like in the upper echelon of everything, and you can't handle injuries correctly. I don't get it at all. It's in, it's just an embarrassment. Let us know how you're feeling about this. Was the news to you a surprise on Saturday or were you like, of course he tore it and no one told us anything. <laughs> how are you feeling? What are your answers to this poll? Of course, uh, you can always vote on our polls. If you subscribe here to locked on Yankees, drop your questions for fan mail Friday in the comment section. Just go to that pinned comment down below here on YouTube and drop your questions. If you want priority on fan mail Friday, we always answer questions on Fridays. 
you can join our subtext. All the information is in the episode description down below. Of course, you don't just get Fan Mail Friday Priority. You get text messages from us. You can text us at any time. You can you get information on roster moves. You get information on um, rehab appearances. You get in-game info. Again, one-on-one conversations with us. A slew of perks with the subtext uh, subscription. Of course, there is a 14-day free trial in the episode description as well. We're going to step aside. Of course, we need to talk about this series victory over Texas in just a second. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Back now on Locked On Yankees. Hey to the everydayers out there. Coming up on Tuesday's show, we need to talk about Josh Donaldson. He didn't play three days in a row. Remember I had Stacey, by the way, thrown that out there about maybe doing that to Anthony Volpe. Didn't think they'd do something like that to Josh Donaldson, but they yeah. did. <laughs> we need to talk about his future with the Yankees, how long it will last, and just kind of what to do about that whole situation. That's coming up on tomorrow's show, so make sure to hit subscribe. Stace, the Yankees win the series in comeback fashion against the Texas Rangers over the weekend. Let's start with that Sunday game, a 5-3 comeback. Let's start with Garrett Cole. Uh, didn't have his best stuff. That was one of the first outings like that in about a month or so. Yeah. Um, your impressions of Garrett on Sunday. Yeah, he was having a little trouble there. Um, he gutted his way through four and two third innings. Um, it was the shortest outing of the season and, you know, 107 pitches in four and two thirds. And there were a few times where it just, he didn't look right. You know, there were some fastballs that were going way out of anywhere. Just, he just didn't look right. And the fact that he kept them at three was actually impressive with the way that he looked on Sunday. Um, And he looked frustrated with himself, but overall, um, you know, what the Yankees did with that offense this weekend was pretty impressive. So I'm not going to not call for this outing. It's just, it was just a bad it was just a bad day for him and wasn't as bad as it, is, as it could have been with that offense. Sure. Uh, Jake Bowers with a big double. He's been swinging it well lately. Uh, DJ picked up that big double as well, um, scoring Stanton and Bowers in the bottom of the second, cut the deficit three to two. Uh, but that that was nice to see for sure. Yeah. Um, down five, three going into the ninth entity Volpe with that double Jake uh, Harrison Bader with a big double. I mean, that was massive for Bader, right? Yes. Uh, the Volpe hit was big. The Bader hit was big. He actually had two doubles today. He looked better at the plate. Um, it was just, you know, they were down 3-2 for so long, and you're just thinking every inning that they didn't get anything going, you're just like, oh, great. It's going to be one of these games where they tease you by getting close and then not do anything. And that eighth inning was huge because Volpe – Bader and then you have Stanton all three of those guys needed to get things going and they did in that one inning it was pretty fantastic to see 
Yeah, sorry, I misspoke there. They went up five three, not down five three going in. They were down three two, ended up going up five three. Uh, yeah, so that's massive. Like you said, like getting those three guys in particular going is is. I mean, the Yankees offense, <laughs> like that's the whole Yankees <laughs> offense right there. Yeah. Um, nice job by Jimmy Cordero as well in that finale. Uh, Nick Ramirez, Ron Marinaccio. How about uh, Marinaccio this weekend? Yeah, yeah, and. Even King rebounding from Friday night and doing what he did in Sunday's game. Uh, the bullpen was tasked with four and one third innings and they only gave up three hits, no runs, struck out three. It was fantastic. And, you know, you mentioned Cordero, but Nick Ramirez, people aren't really talking about the job that he's done coming out of the bullpen. And speaking of that bullpen, and everyone knows this from watching day in and day out, but they are the best in Major League Baseball right now. And their ERA is a 2.85. So kudos to them for, you know, you expect the game it's funny going into the series you're, you're thinking mm, clark schmidt sevy against the texas offense and it's cold that it has the issues with them so it's just it's baseball susan and that's just the way it went but great game by them just it showed their resilience the offense they finally kicked in there and it's a good way to head to oakland sure is um saturday saturday game one nothing Billy McKinney, just Billy McKinney. <laughs> who knew? Who knew Billy McKinney was the most reliable Yankee this season? I mean, at this point. At this point, at this point yes. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll still take Rizzo's first two months over McKinney's last three weeks or whatever. Right. <laughs> How'd you feel about Seve? So much better. He needed this so badly. Um, he looked like the Seve of old. And again, I keep saying it, but that Texas offense, they've been great all season. And for Severino and the bullpen to do what they did in that game, because, you know, one nothing lead is really precarious and just amazing the job that he did. Uh, apparently, he got a, a haircut because he wanted to go back to how he looked in 2017, although he joked that he doesn't really like how the haircut looks, but he felt like his old self. So it kind of helped him pitch on Saturday. So he might keep the haircut, even though he doesn't like it. And <laughs> I need one too. So I'm right there with you, Sevy. Uh, I mean, it's one game. Yeah. So hold on, hold, hold your horses on, on whether he's him again. Uh, Cause you very clearly need him. Uh, by the way, Carlos Rodon did throw on Sunday. Subtexters found out about that. We text you guys, of course, with those rehab um, updates. So another, another good perk there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going like, all right, cool. Savvy's here. Now he's like formidable and he's part of the rotation. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to see a little bit more. But it is um, a good sign more. that it was against Texas. Yes, absolutely. Struggling, absolutely. struggling against teams that aren't as good as Texas. So that, like I said, you don't expect that to happen. And it did. So that was good. Yes. Uh, the Friday loss, four to two, the extra inning loss stays. Uh, I mean, let's start with the good Clark Schmidt. I mean, Man, he's pitched so much better, so much better. Yeah. Um, this fun fact, it's not really a fun fact. It's actually, he feel, it feels like he's Jordan Montgomery this year. He has a 1.97 ERA in his last six starts. The Yankees have lost all six of those games, and they've only scored a combined nine runs in those six games for him. <laughs> so he's doing everything he needs to do, but the offense is just not backing him up. So good for him for doing what he did in that game against, again, Texas. But the offense just couldn't get it going. Yeah, for him. It disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. Has it ever appeared without Aaron Judge? No. Right. Uh, Adelise Garcia, the two-run shot in the 10th 
against Michael King. That's the way she goes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to win anything when you score twice. Right. <laughs> Although, hard win, I mean, hard to win a hockey game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a miracle that they won that game on Saturday, only scoring one run. That, that felt like I went to a Tim Wakefield randy johnson game in 05 and jason giambi hit a home run in the top of the first and it was the only run of the game september That's 11th 2005 <laughs> wow hey but yanks win the set yeah they, winning and they is win, winning i don't and they win the like, homestand yeah, i mean okay all right two series uh, in a row yeah, I mean, I like when people are like, well, it's like last year's, well, it's against Seattle. It's just like, wins are wins, man. Take the wins when you get them. Stop being such a doomer. Just take the wins, man. Wins yeah, because they needed to. There are people nipping at their heels in both yeah. the, in the wild card. You have uh, Toronto's right there. And, and you know, as long as they keep winning when the other teams are winning as well, it's it's good. Remember, three games over by the tread deadline. Yep. Three games. That's mm -hmm. the mark we have set. Hey, leave your questions in the pinned comment down below. All you got to do is hit reply on that pinned comment here on YouTube to be a part of our Fan Mail Fridays. If you want to skip the line and make sure your questions get answered, join our subtext. All the information, including a video with all the perks that you get, is linked in the episode description as well. Stacy, we're going to take a quick breather when we come back. Hey, let's talk about the minor leagues. Again, Miners Monday. Let's talk about the top performers. Back here on Locked On Yankees. Don't forget the Yankees have an off day today, to uh, Monday. So Tuesday, the series in Oakland begins. So make sure to check that out on SiriusXM, as you already know. Stacey, it's Miners Monday. There's two guys I wanted to talk about here today specifically. You know I love me my own ranks, but I got to mm -hmm. always give love to the ranked guys. Let's give you a dynamic duo this week from the Tampa Tarpons. Number 19 prospect, Anthony Hall, and unranked prospect, Christopher Familia. We're going to talk about two left-handed hitting outfielders that just crushed this week. Let's start with Anthony Hall, again, the number 19 prospect in the Yankees system. This is his first real season in professional baseball. He broke a hammock bone in his very first professional at-bat last year. So he literally had one oh. at-bat, and he popped out, so and then missed the rest of the season. So he's back. He had a slow start, but is on a tear right now three straight games with a homer and all three of those games also multi-hit games in the month of june he's played 18 games after sunday didn't play on sunday uh it's hits in 16 of those games so his bat has really come to come around here uh this season he's a prospect that has some really raw power and um some pretty quick hands they're trying to get him to adjust to some of the off-speed pitches um that is kind of plagued him uh, throughout his brief career so far. He's a, a guy that I kind of want to liken a little bit to Trey Sweeney in an interesting manner. Um, like we've talked about Trey Sweeney that he kind of, like he was good, you know, he's fine through his college career a little bit. Then he had one really good summer and then exploded, right? That's when the career really took off. And that is kind of the same for Anthony Hall. He had his first two years at Oregon. They're fine, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Goes to the Cape Cod League, boom, explodes over a summer, then had an incredible last season in Oregon, then gets drafted fourth round. So you kind of can see that trajectory. There's there's these kind of late bloomers. Obviously, there's guys that go 
you know, straight from high school to pro ball, they can immediately do it. There's guys that have to go to JUCO. There's guys that have to go to college and they kind of have to figure it out for a few years. And then all of a sudden it clicks. So I think this is a good, just a nice little reminder to say, Hey, everyone's path is a little bit different. There's guys that uh, develop later. There's guys that develop early. There's guys that fizzle out like their baseball is a weird sport like that. Um, it's not as cut and dry as some other sports. But that, that's what's nice about Anthony Hall is now you're starting to see his trajectory really start to take off. And speaking of that high trajectory, same for Christopher Familia. I love giving you the names that you don't know, and this is one of them that I hope you will know now moving forward. Finding himself on a five-game hitting streak, uh, all five games that he played in this week, didn't play on Sunday, just like Anthony Hall didn't. Uh, Familia had a two-home run game on Tuesday, including a walk-off solo shot. Uh, and he has very quietly been one of the best Yankee minor leaguers here in the month of June. We haven't talked about him on this show, but his June has been out of this world. Um, look at this number, Stacy. 928 slugging percentage this season. His season started on May 30th. He had an offseason injury uh, to his wrist. Uh, that kind of slowed the start of his season. He is now back, started on May 30th, and has been nothing but a monster at the plate. He's batting 398 on the year. Uh, this is his second stint with the Tampa Tarpons. He started the season in the FCL last year and then got called up uh, about halfway through to Tampa, struggled with Tampa, but he has very clearly figured out uh, Florida pitching this season. He just turned 23 years old this month. And uh, I got to imagine this guy's going to be a Hudson Valley renegade very soon. Um, I think he's, I think he's figured out uh, the Florida state league pretty well. Um, so I would anticipate maybe a call up here sooner rather than later for uh, Christopher Familia. Again, an unranked guy, just a big power bat, left-handed bat. Um, that's just kind of, man, he's, he's impressive. You watch some of the video. He, I, was very impressed because first time I've really seen him swing. I've heard about him, heard about him last season a little bit with some of that power, um, but now it's really starting to, to flourish. Um, speaking of calls, by the way, Stacy, subtexters found this out. Uh, Clayton Beater was called up earlier this week um, from Somerset to Scranton Wilkesbury. So congratulations, number 13 prospect in the Yankee system, getting his first AAA call up. He ended up pitching as well this week and had a pretty nice uh, debut. Nothing crazy, but had a fine debut. Um, speaking of AAA prospects, Stace, we haven't talked about Andres Chaparro lately. Great. That's for good reason. <laughs> uh, he certainly slowed down in May and June. He was not at the torrid pace that he was during spring training and in April and early May. Um, but this week, four homers and a massive grand slam on Saturday. A big old grand slam. 437-foot bomb. It was the third longest hit baseball in AAA on that day. Uh, and that thing just came off at a whole hum, 179 point. 179. 107.9. Wow. <laughs> 107.9 off of the bat for Andres Shaparo. So again, he kind of like fell a little bit there, uh, had a had a rough stretch, and it looks like he might be heating back up, which is is nice to to see. I think the problem when it comes to call up Chaparro is defense. Hmm. He's a corner infield. He's been playing first and third, but it's yeah, you know he's not known for defense here. Hmm. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, obviously, the bat has been very good. Uh, for a, a decent chunk of the season this year, it's consistency and it's defense right now for Andres Shaparo. And he really bursted on the scene, obviously, during spring training. So uh, we'll see how they continue to develop Andres. Um, but I, I, there's some raw tools there that are pretty exciting. Um, and while, by the way, we are 
uh, talking about guys that have impressed that you maybe weren't really anticipating. Tanner Tully is very quietly. We've talked about him a little bit on this show, uh, had a very nice season, 3.91 ERA this year, starter for the Rail Riders, fourth best in the International League. So he's very quietly put together some nice stretches and a couple of good starts in a row uh, on a few occasions this season. So Tanner Tully, maybe a guy to kind of keep your eye out for, obviously a non-40 man but uh, someone to keep your eye out for. And I just want to say a quick congratulations to the Somerset Patriots and the Hudson Valley Renegades. The first half of the season is officially over now after Sunday, Somerset and Hudson Valley are going to the playoffs. So Very congratulations. Uh, Somerset will have a chance to defend their Eastern league title. That's back-to-back first half champs for the Somerset Patriots. Shocking. We've been talking about Somerset and how good they are all season long. Um, but first time for Hudson Valley as a Yankee affiliate. So that's very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, so all the congratulations to, to all, all the hard work they put in this season. Um, and we'll see how that, how the teams change now. That's, that's the whole reasoning for the first half, second half thing in the minors, right? It's because teams change halfway through guys get called up, guys get let go. The draft comes in and things really start fluctuating. So, uh, We'll see how it affects these two teams and if their first halves and second halves are drastically different. Hopefully not. Um, again, Hudson Valley, you're probably going to be getting Christopher Familia here soon. So we'll see. Um, hey, thanks for checking out Miners Monday and for checking out Locked on Yankees. Of course, you can drop your questions in the pinned comment down below here on YouTube. If you want to skip the line, join our subtext. All that info is in the episode description. Stacy, on Tuesday, we got to have a conversation about Josh Donaldson. Uh, very strange that he has sat three games in a row without an injury that we know of. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he sliced his finger or something. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll have that conversation tomorrow. You can hit subscribe. That way you don't miss it. And that's going to just about do it for today's Lockdown Yankees. I've been talking about your ears off. I'm Steve Granato. <laughs> and I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>